morning, I want you to open up with me to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 10. We're going to look at a passage there. You know, on Sunday morning, we're looking at the promises of God. And already, we've already looked at, um, this will be the fifth promise of God that we've looked at. We started out by looking at the promise of God's abiding presence. And there was that tremendous promise of Christ in us, the hope of glory. God's abiding presence. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Then we looked also at the promise of God concerning trials and afflictions and that great passage in the Psalms where it said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And then we looked at another promise on, uh, on prayer, how that Jesus said, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, I will do it. And so the Bible is just full of the promises of God. Today we're going to look at the promise of God concerning temptation. To be honest with you, I don't know of any promise that is more helpful and more needed by God's children than God's promise concerning this matter of temptation. You know, the kind of scripture that's been our guide in this was one that I had just overlooked for many years. It's in 1 Corinthians, you don't need to turn, uh, verses 19 and 20. I want you to listen to what it says about the promises of God. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. Now listen to this. About God's promises to you and I. And you know, we sing that song, Standing on the Promises. We need not only to stand on the promises, we need to live every day by the promises of God. And it says in 2 Corinthians 1, 19, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, was preached among you by us, by me, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no. He said, this Jesus Christ that we preached was not yes and no, but in him it was yes. And then he says it, and all the promises of God in him, Jesus, are yes and amen to the glory of God the Father. All the promises of God in him, Jesus Christ, are yes and amen. Now in 1 Corinthians 10, we see that promise of God concerning temptation. It's down in verse 13. But you know, if something would be important, then the disciples would, would say to Jesus, that Lord, they said, Lord, would you teach us to pray? And Jesus said, yeah, I'll teach you to pray. Now, if something was important, I, I guarantee you, Jesus would have included it in the prayer, life, prayer that he told him to pray. Well, he covered the whole area. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. God be glorified in my life. Then he talked about our daily walk. He said about our daily bread, God meeting our daily needs. He covered every area of our life. He talked about forgiveness, forgiving, receiving God's forgiveness as we forgive others. But then he said, and lead us away from temptation. Obviously, right along with the major important things in our life, the Son of God said to them, now you need to pray that I will lead you away from temptation 
And then, and that I'll keep you from the evil one. So man, I'm telling you, every one of us every day know what it is to deal with this matter of temptation to do evil. Now you've got to understand in this passage in 1 Corinthians 10, it's first of all, it's kind of a warning. If you'll notice back in the 10th chapter, uh, verse 6, he's been talking about Israel's temptation and Israel's sin. And listen to what he says, verse 6. Now all these things became our example. All that happened to Israel became our example to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they did. Then he goes on and talks about Israel's sin. And listen to the warning that he says in verse 12 concerning temptation. Therefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Isn't it interesting? He talked about how Israel had been blessed by God, but how they fell into temptation and, and gross sin. And then he said, but let, let me just say this to you. If you think you stand, be careful lest you fall. And then he gave us the promise. And here it is in verse 13. I love this. What a tremendous promise for you and I who face temptation to do evil. And we will face that till the day we get to heaven. But here's the promise of God that temptation does not have to overcome us. But by the power of the cross and of Jesus, we can overcome temptation. Listen to what he says. No temptation has taken you. But such is common to man. Now listen to this promise. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted more than you are able. But will the temptation make a way to escape that you might be able to bear it? As I look at this promise, man, it just says, listen, God is faithful he knows who you are. He knows where you are. He told you to pray, to be delivered from temptation, and to be kept from the evil one. He said, I want you to know one thing. God is faithful. And then he goes on and says, now I want you to know God's promise to you. He will not allow you to be tempted more than you can overcome. Somebody said, well, I can't help it. That's not what God said. It was just too great. No, that's not what God says. He said, I'm faithful, and I will not allow you to be tempted more than you can endure or enable. He said, but I will offer you, listen to the rest of the promise now. Not only will he not allow us to be tempted beyond which we can overcome, but he promised a way of escape. But I will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear. That's the promise of God. Now, as I looked at this verse he says, there's no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. You know what he's saying there to us? He's saying to us that we're all tempted the same way. Now notice what he said. Your temptation is common just like every other man and woman on the face of this earth. There will be no temptation that you face that is just unique to you. He said, I'm telling you, we're all tempted the same way. So you go to the Word of God and you find out, well, how are we tempted? 
How are we all tempted the same way? It is absolutely and unmistakably clear. There are three areas that every one of us in this place are tempted. We are tempted in our body. We're tempted in our soul, mind, emotions, and will. And we're tempted in our spirit. That's exactly every one of us. That's where the temptation comes to our body, our soul, and our spirit. And God just gave us the pattern. He just gave us the pattern. You go back to the first temptation, the first one. Her name was Eve. Adam and Eve were partners. They were God's creation. And so the first temptation. Satan said, the serpent, can, has God said that you can eat of all the trees of the garden? She said, well, we can eat of all of them but one. We can't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In fact, God said if we did, we would die. Of course, the devil's a liar and the father of lies. He said, you won't die. In fact, if you eat it, you'll be wise and you'll be like God. But now I want you to listen to what it says about each temptation. First of all, she said, it says that she, she looked at the tree and it was good for food. Hmm. It was a temptation to her body. Eve looked at the true tree and it was good for food. And then it goes on and say it was pleasant to her eyes. Hey. It appealed to her soul, her mind, her emotions, and it will. A thing to be desired to make one wise. It appealed to her spirit. Now, what really appealed to her spirit was back when the devil said, God knows if you eat it, you will be wise and will be like God. Good for food, pleasant to the eyes, a thing to be desired it, it, it'll make you like God. Eve was tempted in her body. She was tempted in her soul. And she was tempted in her spirit. Then you move on to the next great pattern. And guess where it's found? See, we all have the same temptation in the same areas. We all are tempted in the same way. The next one is, is Jesus. You remember Jesus? Baptized by John the Baptist, filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit into the wilderness. You know the story. Jesus was first tempted in his body. If you be the Son of God, command these stones be made to bread. Boy, Jesus hadn't eaten for 40 days. You talk about tempted in his body. Jesus said, man can't live by bread alone. He lives by the word that comes from the mouth of God. But then Satan Moved right on. Guess where he tempted Jesus? He tempted him in his soul. He took him up on the pinnacle of the temple and said, Jesus, look, you know what the Bible says? That if you, uh, that it, you, God will send his angels to catch you before you ever dash your foot against the stone. Jesus, these people need to know who you are. You need to do something to thrill them. He was appealing to the emotions and the mind of Jesus. And he said, just jump off the temple. Just jump off the pinnacle of the temple. He was tempting Jesus in his soul. You know what Jesus said to him? You shall not tempt the Lord your God. But then, of course, you know where he tempted Jesus. He tempted him in his spirit. He took him and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And Satan is called the God, little g, of this world. And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to Jesus, these are yours. If you will fall down and worship me. 
You talk about a temptation in his spirit. Jesus said, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. There's no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. We're all tempted in the same way. We're tempted in our body. We're tempted in our soul. And we're tempted in our spirit. Now, if you look at 1 Corinthians 10, I want to show you how clearly this, how clear this was in the temptation of Israel. You know, I kind of got into this, hadn't really intended to, but he said, these people are examples to us so that we will not give in to temptation. That is exactly what it says. He says down in verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 10, now all these things happened to them as examples and were written for our instruction upon the whom the ends of the age have come. He said, now, I told you about Israel's temptation and fall, and that's an example to you so that you will not yield to temptation like they did. So I got to thinking, how, how were they tempted? And why did God use these illustrations about warning us not to be tempted, not to lust after things like that? Why did he use this? Well, you know, to be honest with you, when Corinthians was written, you know, the church was young. And so the best examples of what happens when people are tempted was found in the Old Testament. New Testament had been written. So Paul went back to Israel, the people of God. And he pointed out how they were tempted and the result of them yielding to temptation. You know, um, in verses 1 through 5, it talks about how Israel was blessed. Uh, just listen to what it says. It says, they were, all, they were all under the cloud, which was the presence of God. They all passed through the sea. God's people, they were all baptized into Moses, in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food. Get this. They drank the same spiritual drink, but they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. He said, do you realize how blessed these Israelites were? I mean, they experienced God like no other nation. But it said, man, but most of them, God was not well pleased. Most of them. And their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. And then he goes on and says in verse 6, now they're our example. They're our example. They were blessed by God. They experienced God. They're our example that we should not lust after evil things like they did. And then he gives us the pattern. They were tempted in their spirit. <laughs> it's right here in, in, in 1 Corinthians 10. They were tempted in their body, and they were tempted in their soul. Now, you know the first temptation? It's found in Exodus 32, verse 6. I want to encourage you to go read the whole story. I went back, and I just read it, and I said, now I want to see. What happened was they were tempted in their spirit, and they were guilty of idolatry. It says in verse 7, and do not become idolaters, as were some of them, it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. So you know what that is? Now, these people were blessed by God. But you know, they were tempted in their spirit. 
Moses was up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments. He was delayed in coming down from the mountain. And the children of Israel said to Aaron, Moses' associate pastor, said to Aaron, listen, Moses is up there. He's delayed. Listen, you need, now get this, to make us some gods. Because Moses is not here to lead us. Now you would think Aaron would say, hey, no, there's just but one God. And Moses will be back. Oh, no. He said, well, all right, just bring all you gold, gold earrings, and your sons, your daughters, your, just bring all your gold earrings. And they brought them to Aaron, and he took a, an engraving tool, and he graved out a golden calf. Put it in the fire. Brought it out. And you know what they began to do? They said, this is the God. Now, wait a minute. I can't believe this. This is the God that brought us out of Egypt. A golden calf. And they began to worship the golden calf. And God said to Moses, those people, God didn't even want to claim them. Those people you brought out of Egypt. They're down there worshiping idols. He said, I'm going to kill every one of them. Moses said, Lord, if you do that, what are the Egyptians going to say? They'll say, you just brought them out here to kill them. He said, your reputation's on the line, Lord. Moses went down and saw them dancing before that golden calf. Can you believe it? Idolatry. They were tempted in their spirit, and they began to commit idolatry. You know what Moses did? He got so angry that he threw the Ten Commandments on the ground and broke them. And, buddy, I'm telling you, he turned them every way but loose. He confronted them with their idolatry. Have you ever noticed how sin will make you stupid? Have you ever noticed this? He said to Aaron, what is all this? He said, all I know is I threw the gold in the fire and a golden calf came out. <laughs> you read it. I said, Aaron, you, are, you had moved beyond Israel was tempted in their body, and they committed idolatry. Then you read on in the next verse, and they were tempted. They were tempted in their spirit, rather, and they committed idolatry. And then you go to the next verse, verse 8, and they were uh, tempted in their body. In verse 8 it says, Now let us commit sexual immorality, and some of them did, and in one day 23,000 died. What happened was, they were in the Acacia Grove. By the way, that's found in Numbers chapter 25, verses 1 and following. They were in the Acacia Grove, and they began to commit adultery with the Moabite women. Yes. And began to bring in the Moabite gods. And the Moabite god was Baal of Peor, and they just began to commit adultery with the Moabite women. In fact, Moses confronted them. And about the time Moses was doing that, one of the young men brought in a Midianite woman right before them to commit adultery with. And she, he and that Midianite woman went into the tent. But there was a guy named Phineas that was there that saw this and saw the judgment of God on them. Now, you go read this. You say, my Lord. It's in Numbers chapter uh, uh, 25. Went into the tent and put a javelin through both of them. And when he did... He killed them as they were about to commit adultery. And when he did, God stopped the plague. Now, you know, in this passage about the promise about temptation, 
There's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not let you be tempted. You see, God said, you, look, look at Israel. They were blessed, but they committed sin in their spirit. They became idolaters. Look at them. They committed sin in their body. They committed immorality with the Moabite women, and 23,000 died in one day, and a total of 24,000 died. But then you say, that, that's bad, Brother Fred. They were tempted in their body. They were tempted in their, uh, in their spirit. But, but, but boy, also, listen, they were tempted in their soul. Tempted in their soul. And you read in, in Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9, they, they just begin to complain against God. That's exactly what they did. They were tempted in their soul. And it says in, in Numbers chapter 21, it, it talks about, it says, uh, and, and the people, verse 4, verse 5, and the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no food and water, and, and my soul loathes this worthless bread. So here they are, they're, they're complaining against God. They're murmuring against God. And, and they're, they're, they're sinning. They were tempted in their soul, their mind, and their emotions. So, you, you know, you remember when they uh, committed idolatry, 3,000 of them died in one day. And then when they committed sexual immorality, the sin in the body, 24,000 total died. Now they're murmuring in their spirit. So you know what God did? He sent fiery serpents. And, and let me give you another definition. He sent snakes. <laughs> and everybody that got bit by a snake died. And they were dying like flies. And God said to God, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. He said, God said, I'll tell you what you do. You take that snake, that fiery serpent, and you put it up on a pole. And everybody that looks at that, they won't die when they're bitten by the serpent. They won't die. They'll live. I said, Lord, why did you put all that in there? About the idolatry, about the sexual immorality, about the soul, the murmuring, the complaint. He said, listen, that's just a warning. These people were blessed, blessed by God, favored by God. But they were tempted in their body and their soul and their spirit. And they gave in to that temptation. And he said, they're an example to those of you. Who live today? Well, if it's an example. And then he said, and don't miss this, verse 12 let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. That's a pretty sobering word. Well, God, I know one thing I'm never going to worship a golden calf. Is there anything you put before God? Well, I know one thing, God, I'm never going to commit sexual immorality. What about the lust of your eyes? God, I, I know one thing. I'm never going to murmur, hello. <laughs> he said, let me tell you something. Temptation is real. And don't you think you stand, lest, heed, lest you fall. But there's a couple of other things I want to mention. Not only that we're all tempted the same way, body, soul, and spirit. But secondly, that the temptation comes from the same sources. And I'm not going to go into great detail about this. I want to talk about the victory over temptation. But I will say this to you. There are three sources of temptation. Every temptation you ever face in your body, soul, or spirit will come from these three areas. Temptation comes from the world system. 
I'm not talking about the created world. I'm talking about the, the world system. Temptation comes from the world system. The Bible says in John 16 that Satan is the God, G-O-D, little g, of this age. He's the God of this age. You remember, he offered Jesus the kingdoms of the world. He couldn't have did it if he wasn't in charge of it. And so we live in a world system of which Satan is the ruler. And it says in 1 John chapter 5, love not the world. Talk about the world system. The things that are in the world, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not of the Father, it's of the world. And the world passes away. You get up in the morning, you begin to live. And you're living in a world system that is ruled by the enemy. And the world system by what you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, and what you touch will put its thoughts in your mind. Good or bad. And I promise you, all you got to do is be alive and breathing and conscious. And the world system will tempt you in your body. It'll tempt you in your soul. And it'll tempt you in your spirit. But temptation not only comes from the world system. We're all tempted the same way, but we're all tempted from the same source. Temptation not only comes from the world system, but it comes from our flesh. It comes from our flesh. That unredeemed part of us. We got, before we got saved, we had the flesh. When we get saved, the power of the flesh is broken, but it is not removed. And so what we deal with, temptation is not from the, only from the world system. It is from our, quote, flesh, or the Bible calls it sin. You want to hear how, how that works? Listen to what Paul said in describing his battle once he became a child of God. I know the law is spiritual. He says, but I, I'm carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I, I don't understand. He said, I don't understand what I'm doing. What I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If I do that, I will not to do. I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I that do it. But sin that dwells in me. That's another word for the flesh. You see, he says, I'm doing what I don't want to do. And, and, and I don't want to do it, but I do it. And he said, it's, it's sin that's within me. That, that's where my problem is coming from. He says, the good that I will to do, I do not do. You ever felt that way? The evil I do not want to do, that I practice. I find a law that when I would do, would do good... Evil is present with me. Let me tell you, temptation not only comes from without the world system, the temptation comes from within. It's called the flesh. It is called sin. It is called self. Now, the Bible says that that power is broken in our life, and I'll show you that in a moment, but that is still, we're not, we will not be completely free from the temptations that come from flesh, sin, and self till we get to heaven. Its power is broken, but it is still a source of, of temptation. You know why I know that? I want you to listen to this verse. Great verse on temptation. James chapter 1. Down around verse 13. Let no one say when he is tempted. I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. Neither can he tempt anyone. But everyone is tempted. When he is drawn away by his own desire. 
He said, God, God's not going to tempt you with evil. I'm going to tell you the problem is you're drawn away with that your own desire that is in you. And when this desire is conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. We're not only all tempted in the same way, body, soul, and spirit. We're all tempted from the same sources. The world system, the flesh. In my flesh dwells no good thing. But we're also tempted by the devil. It's Satan or demonic spirits that tempt us. And just like he tempted Eve, just like he tempted Jesus. And I am telling you, temptation comes from Satan and demonic spirits. Be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, goes around singing whom he may devour. Now, but here's the thing. We're all tempted in the same way. And we're all tempted from the same source. But praise God, hallelujah, we all have the same way of escape. Jesus, the, Paul said, I'll offer you a way to escape. Hey, temptation is real. It's real. Jesus said, pray that you'll be led away from temptation and kept from the evil one. But I'm telling you, God said his promise was, I'm faithful. I won't let you be tempted more than you can overcome. He said, I will, with the temptation, offer you a way to escape. And we all have the same way to escape. I was blessed as the voices of Mobile sang about the cross. As I got to thinking about the way of temptation, the way of escape. You know what came to my mind? That awesome verse in John chapter 19, verse 30. I said, Lord, we're tempted. We're tempted in the same way, body, soul, and spirit. We're tempted from the same place, the world, the flesh, and the devil. We, we don't want to fall by like the example of the Israelites, your people in the Old Testament. You told us to not think we're going to stand. You told us to be wary, to learn from their example. I said, but God, how do we escape? How do we overcome? Man, I love it. John 19, verse 30. On the cross, in that great, great moment of victory, there was the shout. It was not the shout of defeat. It was the shout of victory. When on the cross, Jesus said, it is what? He said, it's finished. It's finished. And you know what he was saying? That by his death on the cross, his substitutionary, atoning death on the cross for you and me, that perfect sacrifice that he offered there on the cross, at that moment, it is finished. He had won the victory over the world. He had won the victory over the flesh. And glory to God, he had won the victory over the devil. You see, the way of escape is found in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, Brother Fred, I thought you were going to say now, do ABC and you'll overcome that temptation. Or do this. No, no. You've got to understand. That is our problem. You cannot overcome 
temptation in your own power, in the energy of the flesh, by struggling and striving. Well, I, Lord, I'm going to make you a promise. I'm not going to do that anymore. anymore. He said, well, that's the 15th time you told me that. Okay, Lord, but I want to tell you something, God. I'm never going to do that again. Now, I know I done been burned once, Lord, and I'm not going to get burned twice. And I'm telling you, God, I'm finished with that. The one problem is, you know what you're doing? You're looking to yourself to overcome that temptation. And you will never do it. It is only by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and his power in your life that you will ever overcome temptation. See, Jesus overcame the world system. He overcame it. So he is our power. You know what 1 John 5, verses 5 and 6 says? Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Listen, victory over the temptation that's come from the world, seeing, smelling, touching, tasting, and hearing temptation. Listen, it was Jesus Christ that overcame the world system. And it is Christ who gives us his victory over the world system. Did you know it was his death and resurrection that not only won the victory over the world system, it was his death and resurrection that won the victory over our flesh. I want you to listen to this verse in Romans chapter 6. Knowing this, that our old man, who we were in Adam, our flesh, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be rendered powerless, that we should no longer be the slaves of sin. If we died with him, we will live with him. Reckon yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God. When Jesus died on the cross, he took you and all you were in Adam, and he nailed you to the cross with him. And he broke the power of the flesh. He broke the power of that sin nature. He broke that power. And Paul said in Romans, you used to be the slaves and servants of sin, but now you become the servants of righteousness. Let me tell you something. Before you got saved, you were in the flesh, and you were ruled by sin, and that's exactly where you are. But when you got saved through the death and resurrection of Jesus, the power of the flesh was broken and that sin nature was put to death on the cross and the power of flesh, sin, and self has been broken. The Bible says we're dead to sin and alive to God. The Bible says in Romans 8, 9, we're not in the flesh, we're in the spirit because the spirit of God lives in us. And if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I'm telling you, victory over temptation is in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Victory over the world system is in his death and resurrection. Victory over the flesh is in his death and resurrection. And praise God, victory over the devil is in his death and resurrection. Greater is Jesus that is in you than Satan that is in the world. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their life unto death. Temptation is a daily reality. Body, soul, and spirit. Tempted from without and tempted from within. Let me give you a verse. I want you to listen to it. What is the way to escape? What is the way to escape? 
Romans chapter 10, verse 9. No, Romans chapter 5, verse 10. Romans chapter 5, verse 10. I want you to listen. If when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we will be saved by his life. If when we were enemies, God reconciled us to himself through his son, now we will be saved by his life. The way of escape is this. Jesus Christ lives in you. Now, if you're a child of God, now, if you're not a child of God, you're in the flesh, you're in sin, you're separated from God. But now, let me say something to you. If you are a child of God, this is the way of escape. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Christ has come to live inside of you. And Christ has come to live inside of me. Everything that Jesus is, he is in you. And everything that Jesus is, he is in me. There'll be no demand on our life that is not a demand on the life of Jesus Christ in us. And so therefore, the way of escape, do not look to yourself and your ability. You look to Jesus Who lives inside of you. For he is the power to overcome temptation. Christ in you. The hope of glory. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. Christ lives in me. I can do all things. I mean I can overcome temptation. By struggling and striving. And making promises. And turning over a new leaf. Forget it. I can do all things. I can overcome that temptation in my body. I can do all things. I can overcome that temptation in my soul. I can do all things. I can overcome that temptation in my spirit. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. You've been struggling. You've been striving. You've been stumbling. You've been falling. God says there's no temptation that will take you that is common to all of us. But he's made a way of escape. Oh, yes. That's what the cross is all about. The power of sin is broken. The power of Satan is crushed. The world has no right to rule over us. Jesus Christ lives in us. And it is his presence in our life. It is his presence in our life. When we are tempted, look to Jesus. Hey, when you're tempted, just cry out to Jesus. Don't, don't sit there and struggle and, 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 and strive about that. Just say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus, you live in me. I don't have to do that. Jesus, you live in me. I can overcome that. Jesus, you live in me. I, I, I can say no to that. Christ, strengthen me. I'm weak, Lord. I'm weak. I'm weak. I understand, Lord, that this temptation is greater than I could ever overcome in my own body. But I tell you, Jesus, you're in me, and you are my life, and you are my strength, and you are my hope. And Jesus, enable me by your power now to say no to this temptation. Stop looking to yourself. Keep looking to Jesus. That's the only way you're going to overcome temptation. You're not going to do it any other way. No, Brother Fred, I got, I got willpower. It don't work. It don't work. <laughs> you know it don't work. 
I made so many promises to God, I'd be ashamed to make another one. I just say right now, Lord, I'm helpless, and I'll never, ever overcome that until you, Jesus, in me, give me the power. I'm telling you, Lord, I done been down that road, and I can't do it. But you know what? I don't, you never said I could do it. You never said I could. You said, without you, Jesus, I can do nothing. Do you know Jesus said that? Without me, you can do nothing. But you don't know how strong I am. That's your problem. You think you're strong. Let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I've been a Christian too long. It may happen to so-and-so, but it it ain't ever going to happen to me. Really? 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 Tell you one thing. If you don't keep your eyes on Jesus, if you don't stay surrendered to Jesus, and if you don't depend on Jesus, and if you don't realize that he is your life, and it is only by his presence in you who has already won the victory. Praise God. We're not praying for victory, and we're not fighting for victory. We're praying from victory, and we're fighting from victory. Hallelujah. You can overcome temptation by the power of Jesus in you. There is victory in Jesus. You know what? That reminds me of a song. That reminds me of a song. Brother Ed, let's sing that song. You want to sing that song? Stand up here and lead us. Come on. You don't need to stand up. Let's stand together. We're going to sing this song. Because we're talking about overcoming temptation. God's promise. God's promise to us of overcoming temptation. The way to escape is Jesus living in us. His death and resurrection and his victory is our victory. And we overcome by the presence of Christ in us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sing it. I heard an old, old story. How a Savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary. To save a wretch like me, I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood atoning. Then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Bow your heads with me for a moment. I don't have to ask you if you're battling temptation. It's not a question of if you're saved. Now, if you're a Christian, if you're a child of God, man, I know you love God. I know you do. In your heart, you, you've received a new nature. If anyone be in Christ, they're a new creation. It's not a matter of you loving God. It's not a matter of you being a new creation in Christ. It's not a matter that 
deep in your heart, there is a desire to please God. See, that's not the issue. But men, we're tempted. And until we get to heaven, we're going to have the battle. Listen to this verse. Ephesians 6.10. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. And I'm telling you, the armor of God is nothing but Jesus himself in his righteousness and his power and you. So, so listen, don't, don't, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't turn back. Just say, all right, Lord, I am helpless before this temptation. I can't. I confess to you, I'll never overcome it. But Jesus, you live in me. And all that you are, you are in me. I surrender to you, Jesus. And I ask you, Jesus, to s- deliver me from this temptation. I'm, I'm not going to keep my eye on the temptation now. I'm going to keep my eye on you. Don't, de- don't, don't keep looking at the temptation. Stop looking at that and start looking to Jesus and crying out to him. So, Jesus, I want you to forgive me where I have given into temptation. Lord, you know the sin, and I ask your forgiveness. But now, Lord, I want you to know. Jesus, you are my way of escape. You are my way of escape. And I'm going to look to you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to abide in you. You, I'm going to surrender to you. You take full control of my life. And you live your life through me. And when temptation comes, I will say, by the power of Jesus in me, I say no. By the power of Jesus in me, I flee. By the power of Jesus in me, I will not go there. I will not. By the power of Jesus in me, I have a way of escape. It is your life, Jesus, that is my escape.